Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Well, welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. I've got a cool guest today, Doug Nielsen. Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me, Greg. Yeah, one reason we wanted to have you on the podcast is you're consigning a really cool, interesting car to uh, RM Sotheby's Scottsdale auction. So I do want to find out more about your passion for cars, but why don't we talk about that car in particular first, because it is fairly special. So if you would, just kind of give our listeners an overview of that car. Sure. Well, this is a, a 1998 Roof Turbo R. If you're not familiar with Roof, Roof is a company uh, in Germany that uh, started out as a as a garage, actually, and then eventually became a Porsche tuning company. And then eventually they they got their own uh, uh, license to to be a, a licensed manufacturer in Germany. So, but they're legendary in in Porsche circles because they were uh, a company that uh, would take a 911 shell and basically build their their own modifications into the car. Of course, they would use a Porsche engine, but they would modify it and uh, create a car that was really extra special. So Roof uh, eventually got their uh, German license to be an actual manufacturer, and what they did was they were able to get Porsche bodies and uh, and then just build basically their own car into them. Granted, they would use Porsche engines and Porsche parts and whatnot, but it was all put together their own way, and they would modify it for what they were known for was amazing performance. One of the cars that probably most every car guy knows about is the Yellowbird, which uh, was in the late 80s, and uh, Roof made this car that uh, had this fabulous top speed and knocked out all of the the, the most amazing supercars, Ferraris, etc. at the time. And that was significant, a couple of reasons, because Roof, they have a, their own serial number, correct? That's, it's that's not correct. just a tuner. So once they became a manufacturer, they, they issue their own serial number for the car. And in fact, the car that I'm selling is, is one of those cars. It, a Porsche serial number starts with, the letters WP, a real roof from the roof factory is W09. That's how their VIN number starts. So this is a W09 car, and this particular one has a manufacturer date on its on its label uh, saying that it was 1298, and it's one of 14 cars, Turbo R's, that were made in 1998 by roof. Yeah, and I know you are by far the expert, much more above and beyond my expertise in Porsches and roofs specifically. Uh, if you would, go a little bit over your history with Porsche, and I know you, you do write some articles and such for the PCA. Loved cars since I was, well, well before my teens even, and uh, it was, uh, I think, uh, early on, I, I, I think I got a a Porsche match matchbox car at some point, and from then it just blossomed. I think at the age of twelve, I declared that I was going to be buying a Porsche fairly soon, uh, <laughs> and then it just uh, went from there. Because I had a worked hard in university and got a decent job, well, eventually I was able to buy one. And then, of course, before that, every Porsche guy 
has gone through his BMWs, his Audis, and and VWs, of course, and basically you work your way up. So when I did finally get my first Porsche, it was it was fantastic. And uh, again, I had been sort of a hands-on kind of guy, and I would do a lot of my own uh, repairs and maintenance, and and even rebuilds on some of the the older uh, other cars. But when I got to Porsche, it was it was okay. Well, again, you start out a little bit intimidated, but then you kind of go, well, these cars are fairly simple. They just have the engine in the back. It comes out the bottom, and 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 you and you start learning from there. And so I've been wrenching 911s for about over 20 years now, and uh, have had all sorts of different cars, Porsche models rather. And also, I'm really uh, into taking my Porsche to the racetrack as well. In fact, I started that in the early 2000s and eventually became a Porsche Club instructor. And uh, with all my fun and games with playing with Porsches, I eventually uh, started writing car articles. I started writing with uh, European Car Magazine and also wrote for Excellence Magazine. And uh, I've basically done that since 2006. And currently, I'm working with uh, the PCA National Club, and I write for their national magazine called Panorama, and I do a, a column called Hands-On right now, and it's uh, sort of a do-it-yourself column, and it could be anything from putting in a headliner to changing the oil in a Macan SUV or uh, doing some uh, drive shaft or brake work on your 911. So it could be anything. So I'm, I'm kind of a, a guy who, who does a bunch of everything. I don't actually rebuild Porsche engines, and I don't do transmissions, and I don't even do body work. So people right. go, well, what do you do? How do you get these great cars? I go, well, I do everything <laughs> in between. So it could, be, it, could be, it could be anything that the DIY column will be on. So. But uh, these are all things right, that I'm doing right. in my garage all the time now that my time is spent playing with cars. Yeah, so what was the first Porsche that changed your outlook on the cars that you would pursue and enjoy? Racing Legends, it's always, for me, it's always been Porsche 911 Coupes. So hardtop hard top cars, which would be the ones that would be used for race cars because they got the best structural integrity. And uh, I just love 911s of all types, going from 1965 all the way up to the to the newest ones. Although my sweet spots are are uh, I love 993s, which this roof is, and I also like 997s as well. I just love the shapes of the cars and how they they're still that 911 DNA, but these ones just have a certain something that I really really like. Yeah, speaking of which, let's go a little bit further into the car. I know you mentioned it earlier, uh, the one that's coming up for auction. Just give us a little bit of history on that car. You know, what drove you to that car? Obviously, it's a roof. It's a 993 base, correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, so what what caught your attention when you were out shopping for, uh, I don't know, were you shopping for a roof in particular? Were you shopping for a 993? No, no, this was a complete surprise. So I I was visiting a a local shop in, in Las Vegas here. And it's called Carl's Place, and it's kind of the place for air cold uh, service and repairs and whatnot, just where the regular guys go for their work. And uh, I was in there talking to the owner, Tony, and and said uh, we were we were just working on. I was actually getting some help uh, pressing out some wheel bearings or something like that. And when our business for the day was was done, he said, "Hey, come and look and see what I've got back here today." So we wandered through the back of the shop, uh, circling through their five bay area and we end up in Tony's area and he usually, he's got a 904 replica that he's working on so that's there and then there's this ominous looking 
gray-black car, and I'm saying that it's gray because it was completely covered in dust and had some <laughs> scribbles on the windows and, and whatnot and a few fingerprint, fingerprints uh, on it from shoving it into position because it was propped up on wheel rollers. And he goes, so what do you think this is? So I have a look at it, and I obviously see that it's a wide-body 993, but it, there's, there's a couple of little indicators that indicate that it's something special. There's these gill-like vent on the front bumper sides, front and rear, and then, of course, when you came around to the back, it says roof. And I said, whoa, is this a real roof? So we go to the door jam and have a look in. And sure enough, it says that it was manufactured by Roof Automobile in, in Germany. So, so I started asking him about the car a little bit. And basically, he said that a, a client of his had brought it in. It had been sitting in a, a warehouse in, in uh, Huntington Beach for 11 years. And the uh, sort of the stepson of the owner, the stepson, uh, his, his uh, health was failing, so he said to the stepson, you can either take this car yourself or you can sell it for the family or whatever, whatever you want to do. So, so he brought it back to Las Vegas because he lives in Las Vegas, trailered it back on an open trailer. All that dust was still on it because there was a lot of it, and basically uh, he took it to Tony and, and said, well, what do, what do I need to do to get this car running again? Tony had said, "Well, leave it with me, and we'll get it up on the hoist, and we'll have a little look at it, and we'll just we'll not we won't do anything. We'll just look." And uh, I think basically he said, "Well, you know, it, we don't know if it'll start, but if it does start, it's going to cost a fair amount of money to go through the whole fuel system <laughs> right. and everything to to get everything safe to start. Uh, but it looks like there's lots of oil leaks and whatnot, so you know you might be looking at fifteen or twenty thousand just to get this thing safely running because it's." He, he realized it was a special car as well. So so basically, right. the conversation kept going, Tony and I ch chatting about the car, and I said, well, you know, if he's looking to sell it, I would definitely be interested in something like that because it's kind of the, the type of car I would look for for a project, something that hasn't run in a while, something that's complete. You know, I don't usually go for something special because actually I know this is a collector car show, but I'm not really a collector. I, I I tend to just right. I just <laughs> I tend to drive them, but I but I do like to collect special Porsche experiences, like you know driving a special car or being able to restore something special. So so this one fit my mo perfectly. So that's so that's right. how I found right. it. Yeah. And he, so Tony put me in contact. So once the guy decided he was going to sell, he, Tony put me in contact uh, with him, and uh, we chatted a bit, and basically. He, you know, I'm kind of a straight shooting guy. I, I basically just said, "So, how? What are you? What are you looking for?" And he gave me a number, and I said, "Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, but this is a really special car, <laughs> and I happen to have a friend in Florida who used to work with Roof, and will be. He has the ear of uh, Mr. Roof in in Germany, and so we could find out a whole bunch of information about this car fairly easily. And if you need some help with that, just let me know." And he goes, "Okay, well, I'll think about it." And uh, Basically, I got a call back two months later, and he said, "Yeah, I'm going to need some help selling this car." And I said, "Yeah, no problem. You're you're a friend of Tony's, and um, it's a special car, and I I think you need to know what it is so that you get the proper value for it." And you know, I just offered to help him out, and uh, so we talked about 
the things that we would do, like try and get the official delivery letter from Porsche, which is or from Roof, which is effectively the same as the the COA from Porsche, which is the certificate of authenticity. In Roof speak, it's the delivery delivery letter. So right. so after we chatted all all about that, and it was two months later, I said, so what are you asking for the car now? Still in the same. He goes, oh no no, I'm I'm asking this, and I said, oh well, I could probably work within that range. So I'll tell you what. Give me two weeks. I'll get, dig up all that information. If we can make a deal, then I'll buy it. And if we can't, then uh, I'll give you all the information, just as I told you I did. But again, we ended up making the deal, and I ended up uh, getting the car back to my garage. So, so there it was. And obviously, it looks immaculate on our website, and you know, looks ready to go for the road. What are some of the modifications Roof made? They just uh, acquired a, a chassis and started doing their own thing with it. One of the things that's special on some roofs and this car in particular is it's got an integrated roll cage. And when you open the door of the car, you don't even see it because it's all uh, leather trimmed and extremely tight to the the A and B pillars, and also to the roof as well. And, and that's the roof that's the actual roof, not the name of the company roof, but the roof for the car itself. <laughs> right. and, and so basically uh, you can you look in the car and you don't see anything, and you have to actually show people that there's, there's actually a, a roll cage in there. But one of the other things that they're famous for is modifying turbo engines. And this, this, the engine in this car is interesting in that it has a CTR number, and the, and the term CTR is a, is a roof term. And it basically stands for Group C, so that's the C, and T, that's the turbo, and R stands for roof. Uh, CTR was the engine or the car name that was the Yellowbird back in the late 80s. So CTR, when you, when you use the term CTR and you use the term roof at the same time, you're talking about a legend here. So, so this particular car has some, some special roof DNA in, it, in that it has a CTR-numbered engine. So if you compare this to a regular 993 Turbo, which has about 408 horsepower, I think, this one is conservatively rated at 490 horsepower, but these engines are actually well known to, uh, to, to make about 520 to 530 horsepower on the, rough, the roof uh, uh, in-house dyno, engine dyno. So, so that's, those are some of the main modifications. Roof will also do their own suspension work. So they've got this integrated roll cage, so they've got a really firm uh, structure, and then they do their own sports suspension. Uh, they do their own brakes. Of course, they're they're just uh, 993 turbo brakes with some, they may have uh, slightly different piston sizes in the rear, I think. Uh, so it's kind of their own spec. Basically, they put this car together with their uh, their guild front and rear bumpers for extra cooling. This car also has uh, two additional oil coolers that you don't normally get on a 993 Turbo. I believe you get an extra one on the Turbo S, but uh, this one also has, so this one has the Turbo S oil cooler, and it also has a front center oil cooler as well. So two side ones and a center one. And I, I can tell you when, when I was, once I got this car back together and I drove it, uh, I couldn't believe how low the oil temperatures were staying. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was like, is there something <laughs> wrong with this gauge? No, well, no, <laughs> it's just not getting hot because maybe I'm not driving it hard enough. Yeah. So there's, I mean, it's basically, they took it from the ground up and uh, made it something and they, really And special. then they do their own special interiors as well. And they're all just beautiful leather interiors. And like I said, the 
the roll cage is hidden away behind all these beautiful leather trims as well. So, so it's kind of, right. it's, yeah. it's really the package that they put together that makes it special because it's completely custom. And then they've done these, these modif- modifications that all work beautifully together. And then of course there's the power and the speed and, you know, they re-gear the gearbox so that there's, you know, five close ratio gears. And then the six gear is just a long gear that, allows you to go a theoretical 216 miles an hour so these cars can go like 200 210 or 211 miles an hour i guess the million dollar question is is why are you selling it why am i selling it well as i told you i'm not a collector but i do love the experience of being to own a supercar and i thought well got the opportunity to buy it i had to you know go to my wife i call her the tower when it comes to buying cars <laughs> so i had to go to the tower to apply for funds and basically it was kind of like buying buying a small house and and doing a renovation right and uh, but then at the same time i would be able to get to experience the car from from a m- mechanical perspective and then also at the end be able to drive it a little bit as well so so that was what was in it for me my usual mo for a for a for a 911 is to, is to take it to the track and and really enjoy it like for example i have a 2010 gt3 that has basically a race car suspension and brakes and i go to the track and i really enjoy that and that's that's really what i what i love in a in a 911 but this car is so special being only one of 14 it's not really meant for me at all because one i would want to drive it and i would want to drive it a lot and run up the miles and then i would also want to take it to the track as well but you know really uh, it's not really uh, it's such a special and rare car that i really don't want to take it to the track so so basically when i finished my work i put about 550 miles on it did all the proper break-ins and whatnot and was able to squeeze on the gas a little bit and just kind of went wow <laughs> so that's what a supercar is like and, yeah uh, yeah it's definitely 500 plus horsepower so yeah that's really cool so you know part of it's the chase and then you did acquire the car and then you yep seems like you do enjoy doing all the work so you got it spruced for up sure. and enjoyed yeah. the drive for a while and now it's time to pass it on along to the next owner so that's really cool one of the things that was really interesting was 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 the mystery of why the car was parked why did the owner park it for 11 years and and basically when i got the car i was a little little bit intimidated and i just cleaned it for a start like i put in a 50-hour detail and did this and that and whatnot until i finally got the courage enough to go okay well let's start we've got to figure out what's 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 wrong with this car now and basically it came down to four things the turbo's were leaking the, uh, the 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 cat the catalytic converters had melted when I took off one of the pipes one of the it sounded like there was a baseball in there <laughs> and then and then the engine wiring harness was crumbling so the insulation on the wiring had started to crumble and this was a known issue on 1996 911 turbos and and their wiring harness was recalled so this car happened to get and it, and they both take the same wiring harness the roof and the Porsche and uh, this wiring harness was one of the recall ones now I, I wasn't able to cash it in because this was a obviously a roof so it wasn't a Porsche so there was no warranty available but it was you know it was only $700 to buy a new wiring harness for it and you can get them brand new and uh, you just click everything in and Bob's your uncle and the other thing that was wrong was that the some of the uh, there were some wear points in the engine so 
I did a borescope, and I was able to see that two of the cylinders looked like they were maybe either stained or slightly scored. And uh, when we did the elite cold leak down test, we could we could see that those two cylinders did have an issue. But when the engine builder took it all apart, he said it was the valve guides that was the real problem. He said uh, that looked like just staining on the cylinders, cylinder walls, and it was the exhaust valve guides that were actually beginning to war to wear and when these engines get hot they they uh, like to operating temperature they get really hot even though this car has three oil, oil coolers their valve guides will wear after a while so it's known to do uh, to redo the heads on these cars after a certain mileage so these were the things that were wrong so it sounds like it's ready to run and if any of our listeners are interested in this car just go to rmsuthabeast.com it will be at the Scottsdale auction. Are you going to be there live and in person? Well, again, with the pandemic, who knows? I would like to be there, but uh, I'm not I'm not sure yet. So Right, okay. And I just got confirmation that RM Sotheby's will have a live event. I know that a few other venues have changed recently, but we will be there live. Really super cool car. I do appreciate that. Now, the next big question is, is what are you going to replace it with? <laughs> actually, I, I actually have the replacement already, so... I had purchased a, another uh, uh, 72 911T, and uh, it was next on the on the block for a little restoration work. But when the roof came along, it got shoved out of the way. Uh, I'm lucky. I have a friend here in my area that has a large three-car garage with nothing in it, and he said, anytime I need to put something somewhere, I can park a car. So I took advantage of that to the fullest, and... Uh, the little 911T is over there. So the little 911T will come back sometime after the auction. Hopefully there's a, a happy new owner. To, uh, and then I can get this other car over and start working on that one. So it's, you know, it's uh, going to be quite a, a shock to go back to the old early long hood from the beautiful 993. But there's something beautiful about a long hood as well. And this car will probably get turn, turned into a uh, an RSR tribute car. So oh, that's I'll, make cool. it, I'll make it special. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. And I did give you a heads up, I believe, in the email. But one thing I like to do is, at the end of this, play a little game called Keep Cash and Crush. And it's where I pick out three cars for you, and you have to pick one to keep forever, one to cash in, and one, unfortunately, to send to the crusher. So sure. are you ready for your three cars? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be painful for you and uh, entertaining for our guests. So uh, the three cars I picked, I did pick a roof. Let's see here. The first car is a roof turbo Florio. Are you familiar with that car based on the 991 tar Targa? Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. I'm just getting a mental picture of that one. Yep. Okay. So turbo the next Florio. One, yep. And the next one is a uh, roof RGT8 based on the 991 again, but with a V8. Very different. And then the third one is your classic Carrera GT. So which one would you like to keep forever? Which one would you have to cash in? And then which one would you send to the crusher? So that's the Turbo Florio. Is that how you pronounce mm -hmm. it? Turbo Florio. Yeah, yeah. The uh, RGT8. And then the Carrera GT. Well, geez, you know, you made this too easy. <laughs> oh, I made it too easy. Oh, I'm, you that's... made this too easy. You're going to be the second one in a row. Uh-oh. So, so I'll be keeping the RG8. That's easy. Oh, okay. And I'll be cashing out the Carrera GT because it's probably okay. might be worth more than the Florio. And I'll tell you why it's so easy. 
because I'm a coupe guy. Oh, so the RG8 okay. is a coupe. So I keep that, and then I cash out the next the next valued one, as far as I see anyway. And then I'm not really, and and also the the uh, the GT the Carrera GT is is a drop top as well, or or it doesn't have a roof at all actually. <laughs> Meaning the roof, remember not not the roof, but the other roof, the one that's above your head. Right, right, right. So it's so you've given me two. You made it really easy because you gave me two cars that have one has a removable roof and one doesn't have one, and then one is a roof. So there you go. So <laughs> so there you go. Have you any, have you ha- ever had anybody who who found it easy? Easier than I want. Not as easy yeah. as this. So I really got to <laughs> step up my game here. I was not expecting the roof R O O F to play as much of a factor oh, as yeah. it has. <laughs> yeah. So that is good to know. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to step up my game here. I'll tell you what, this is not good. This is two weeks in a row that it's been semi-easy. I need to make you guys sweat a little bit more. That's right. Yeah, no, I listened to one of your podcasts, and there was some poor guy. He was just sweating away. It was killing him. <laughs> I got to get back to those standards. So maybe yeah. I'll have to have you on again when you uh, you sell your next car with us. Give me, a, give me a second chance to make it hard on you. All right. Not a problem. <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time today. And again, for our listeners, if you do want to know more about this particular special roof, uh, just go to rmsethelbees.com and you can register to put that car in your garage by going to RM Sotheby's and our Scottsdale auction. So once again, Doug, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Pleasure to talk to you, Greg. And again, thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast. <laughs>